0: Hello everyone, yeah I'm back again, I haven't even said what the date is, let's do that now, it is Tuesday the 6th of July 2021, uh, 22.50.04 And this is Crash, the UK Geek Podcast Yes, I'm back again with another episode, and the reason for that is... Monday was yesterday, so I'm already taping this week's General Geek Ramble late, and that's because last night I just conked out. I had the alarm on on my phone to make sure that I didn't miss showtime, and I slept straight through it. It does seem like I'm taping podcast after podcast, but... It's just that last week we were also late, so the releases aren't as staggered as they should be. A little follow up from last time. I may have said. No, not last time. Last time I talked about the Sunmakers. Was it in that episode or one before that? Not important. I said in a previous podcast that I watch this chap on YouTube who does tech reviews, and I gave his initials out as MBS or MQS, which is completely wrong. It is MKBHD, which is a very long, complicated set of initials that no human being can ever remember. The chap I was talking about was Marquez Brownlee. I really couldn't have got his nickname more wrong, but I think it's understandable in the circumstances. I do subscribe to him, so you would think that I'd remember that, but I didn't. Not important. That is it for the pre show waffle. Let's get on with the show. And the first thing is some more follow-up from Pod392 when I talked about the Southern Television TV hack. Southern Television, it's a regional branch of ITV. And that hijack took place on the 26th of November 1977 and consisted of a stronger signal taking over the TV signal and a voice coming over a distorted screen claiming to be an alien called Vrilon. <laughs> it occurred to me after that that the words that he says were very reminiscent of how the Misteron announces itself in Gerry Anderson's Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons, which was first broadcast on ITV In nineteen sixty-seven, exactly ten years before. Coincidence? I think not. I did check the actual dates, though. The first broadcast of Captain Scarlet was not also on the twenty-sixth of November at the same time. It's a completely different day. What I am saying, though, is it sounds a lot like the way the Misteron speaks in Captain Scarlet. Again, I'm putting the call out. If you were that hacker, step forward into the light. <laughs> Come on the show. If you don't want to step into the light, your anonymity is guaranteed. I'd just like to talk to the person who did that hack. It still makes me laugh thinking about it. And what a great hack to happen. Only 55 minutes before a Doctor Who episode. Though, of course, on the BBC, not on ITV. Most of today, we are talking about technology-related stuff. A fairly minor level, so don't expect me to talk about my expectations of an M1 Mac Pro. This Frankly, I don't really care at the moment. (laughs) And I could never afford a Mac Pro in any case. Yeah, the second thing I wanted to talk about is how there seems to be an expectation that your smartphone is going to be fast enough in various situations that you might find yourself in. The trouble is, not everyone has a flagship phone. So, I really do wish people who are impatient for us, that is, the people who have slower phones, to do something on our phones, like present a barcode or another piece of information, like a product number maybe, or a photograph. I wish that those people would be less impatient and give us time. I had to do something like that the other day and perhaps I'm being a little bit too sensitive well, probably am I'm that kind of person anyway but I got the distinct impression that the person who was waiting for this piece of information was getting really impatient and it was only seconds but I do not have the latest iPhone I have a budget phone and it is slow I'd just like to say that yeah, I have a slow phone doesn't make me stupid. I probably know how to use my phone better than most people. Maybe even better than that person behind the counter who probably had an iPhone. I don't know that for a fact, I'm just saying that. Yeah, so just be less impatient and give people who don't have the latest smartphone time for their phone to Grind away at whatever task we've set it to. What I'm saying is, I just wish more people weren't device elitist. It's like those morons, usually in a Audi or a Merc, who crowd behind you when you're driving your bloody panda. I mean, what are they expecting you to do? Hit some secret NOS switch and suddenly... Rocket into the distance at 200 miles an hour. You're driving a panda. Okay, the next thing. Remember I talked about the alarm problem that I had that rang up a huge bill of £800. And almost gave me a heart attack. More on heart attacks and strokes and lovely stuff like that later. Don't worry, I am well. But we'll leave that for now. Yeah, that alarm was deactivated. All the visiting tradesmen did was remove a bloody fuse. Something that I really should have thought of before almost blowing myself straight to Hades by cutting every wire that I could in the box, including a live wire that gave off a nice big spark. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm a techie. I'm not that kind of techie. Who the hell knows how electricity works anyway? Or magnets? Ah, tradesmen. Ah, where was I? I was moaning about tradesmen. No, that wasn't the point of this item. Well, it sort of is. The guy who came was so incredibly impatient that I didn't trust him to remove the remaining parts of our alarm system You know, the little sensor boxes, a few boxes with some mysterious electrical equipment, the main alarm system box in my own room. So I have a few of these boxes left around the home. The main alarm system box is quite big. It's out of the way. I don't really have to do anything with it. But should I do something with it? It would make a rather nice project box. It could fit almost any modern motherboard. I just don't know what to do with it. I could just leave it on the wall. It's probably the best thing to do so that I don't remove it and then probably end up with a hole in the wall. But if you've got any ideas what I could do with a project box about... A foot square and maybe four inches deep? Let me know. Nice metal retro box with all this industrial writing all over it. It occurs to me, other podcasts and YouTube channels really get into the apex of tech. The bleeding, cutting edge of tech. And here I am talking about obsolete alarm boxes and crappy old budget phones. And in that vein, we shall continue. Dentistry tools. You can buy dentistry tools (laughs) (laughs) cheaply on Amazon. My notes are not extensive for this item and I haven't written this down. But I do wonder why this stuff is sold on Amazon. I mean, what the hell are you going to do? Are you going to do self-dentistry? Which sounds incredibly ill-advised. I must admit, when I did buy these tools... Yes, you can buy them, and I bought a set of tools. Not to do surgery on myself. For another reason that we'll get into in a moment. But... I did look at the reviews, and people do do self-dentistry. What the hell is wrong with them? I don't know if that's indicative of the state of British dentistry, that people would rather do their own dentistry. And in fact, I did talk about some nasty experiences at the dentist involving copious amounts of blood. God knows what episode that was back in. But knock yourself out. If you want to go back there and revisit an episode where I'm complaining about a maniac dentist, that's fine. I'm just not going to help you find that episode. I can barely remember when that was. I don't even want to think about that. Where was I? Yes, dentistry tools. Okay, why did I buy them? I bought them because we've got a limescale problem here. We seem to live in a hard water area, or at least the hot water part of the system seems to produce a lot of limescale. And I don't think the taps have ever been cleaned of limescale since I've been here, um, maybe in the last 20, 30 years. So limescale is a problem, and I've tried all the chemical Ways of removing limescale, I have sort of gone into mechanical means like scouring pads and bits of old credit card, but I definitely needed something a little tougher and it occurred to me that dentistry tools are pretty hard because they have to scrape away at our teeth and perhaps... Dentistry tools would offer some fine adjustment because they're small and easy to get into small places. And it turned out to be the right decision. I bought this set of tools from Amazon. It included things like probes and prodders. I don't know what the medical term for these are. Forcep tweezers and particularly a kind of chisel, which has made me think twice about ever visiting a dental hygienist ever again. I mean, a bloody chisel. All right, it's a very tiny chisel, but it's still a chisel. Let's just call it a scraper. I use a scraper chisel to remove limescale from our taps, and it absolutely does work. You can get into small corners, and yeah, you can get in there and chip away at this nasty crap. I use the other stuff, like the mirror, the probes, the prodders, the forcep tweezers, for a variety of techie projects. The only thing that I don't use them for is dentistry. So, if you're listening to this and thinking, ah, I've got this uh, dodgy filling, or... Well, this thing stuck in my... don't do it. Buy these tools for other purposes? I think my set was... less than £10. Whatever you use them for, do not use them for dentistry. And Think about it, do you really want to buy a set of tools on Amazon and then... do some pretty extreme surgery on yourself? No, don't answer that, there's probably some nutter out there who does want to do something unspeakable. Let's move on. Women's pockets. Do you remember that campaign to make pockets in women's trousers that are actually usable? I don't know what happened to that. I know it was around for a while, maybe a year or two ago, maybe more. And there were articles and there were... Segments on the television news, and then I never really heard much about it anyway, recently, my mum was saying that she couldn't really carry her phone in her trousers, and I thought she was just kidding or exaggerating, but I had a look at her jeans because I was going to enlarge her pockets myself if that was the case, then yeah. They are pathetic. They are ridiculous. You can get half a smartphone into her jeans pockets, whereas on my trousers, male trousers, you can get your entire smartphone in there. I just don't understand why this is still an issue. What is going on if you are in the fashion industry? Make the damn pockets bigger. It's not that difficult. Let's move on to something else now. Confirmed yesterday by our illustrious Prime Minister was his plan to end obligatory wearing of masks and social distancing on the 19th of July. It has understandably drawn the ire of scientists ...in the press, because COVID is spiking. Yes, it is going up rapidly. It has been throughout most of July. I saw Sajid Javid on the news. Seems to be back in the cabinet now after his amazing dealing with the problem of returning members of ISIS who are British citizens... He's managed to wangle his way back in, and of course he's agreeing vehemently with his boss Boris Johnson about opening up the country and just letting there be a free-for-all, no masks, no-social distancing. I predict they're going to be calling, in the future, Boris Johnson, maybe No Mask Johnson? Sounds like a gangster if this all goes completely bonkers and we get even more COVID cases than we had before. What really gets my goat is he, Sajid Javid, was saying the other day that the reason they're doing this is partly because it will help people get treatment who have been waiting because they don't want to put strain on the NHS. Well... Surely, if the NHS ends up dealing with a lot of new COVID cases, that really will put strain on the NHS and they won't be able to treat other cases. You know what this comes down to? Our government's full of shit. I hope COVID doesn't skyrocket and kill half the country, but if it does... That thing that they're calling it, Freedom Day, will be more like the Freedom Day Massacre. Which, again, sounds a bit gangster. This really does feel like we're living in an Alan Moore-style dystopia. V for (laughs) Vendetta. Run by malicious nitwits. I really don't know why I'm laughing about that, because it's not that funny. I'm not sure what else you're supposed to do. Let's move on to something else. Something less annoying. Glasses. Yes, the spectacles that I'm wearing right now. I've talked about this before. I got these new intermediate lens glasses for use with a computer. I should have done that years ago. Now that I've got them, I am burning through computer jobs that I have long left by the wayside and just not bothered with. Things like sorting my photos, and you'll know what a nightmare that is if you've got a lot of photos, and most of us do now. We have thousands of photos and no way of sorting them. I used to try and name photos for something that makes sense. That was back when people took a few photos before smartphone cameras just became so ubiquitous and useful, and then we started snapping away like there was no tomorrow. Me included. Now, what I'm doing instead is I'm just sorting them into years. That's all I'm doing. It may mean that you will have a thousand photos in each folder, but that is better than going through them one by one. And the other problem with trying to rename photos is you might mess up the metadata. Take my advice, sort them into folders for each year, and leave it at that. There are dozens and dozens of third-party photo browser database programs that can help you organize your photos after you do that. But any more than that's probably not worth doing. You can delete photos that you're not interested in later, or duplicates, but year is as far as I'm willing to go. I'm also editing my blog and my website, which was also things that I didn't do quite as much of before. Yeah, glasses that work and are correct for the task that you need them for. Or a good idea. I don't even know why I need to say this. Of course, everyone knows that. But sometimes we never get round to doing them. Now what about the ADHD? No, let's move on to something else. Okay, that was it for technology this week. You may have looked at the title of this week's episode and wondered What the hell's that about? Well, I'm about to explain what Voyage colon Incredible Places Revealed is in our creative section. Did you notice also the different artwork embedded into this week's MP3? Both those things are because today I want you to listen to something I made back in 2015. Admittedly, I have podcasted so much in the past few years that there is the distinct possibility you've heard this before, but my show notes tend to indicate that you have not. If you have already heard this, I am terribly sorry for the repetition. If you haven't, enjoy this less than two-minute demo reel. Yes, it's only two minutes long, so even if you have heard it before, it's not that much skin off your nose. Where did that come from? Skin off your nose. No idea. Anyway, I'm going to run that now in three, two, one. Okay, here's the conceit. I'm a flip-flop, straw hat, hula shirt-wearing tourist, but here's the difference. Instead of a wet weekend in Brighton, or margaritas on an inflatable duck, and I really don't know where that image came from, imagine a cruise to the centre of our sun, or a weekend jaunt to an exoplanet. or. As in the following little whistle stop taster, a trip into the computer and ultimately the silicon chip processor, the beating, pulsing heart of our modern civilization. OK, are you ready? Then let's go. Before we reach our final destination, let's skip back and forth in the time stream and listen to a couple of interesting conversations. Steve, tell me about George. Oh, George. came across George back in 1974. So we're not talking about a person here? No, 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 not a person at all. It's actually a large mainframe. When do you say mainframe? A big machine? Oh yeah, a big, big machine. One that probably fills up two or three rooms. I'm here at the National Museum of Computing. And I'm in a room with the Colossus Rebuild, and with me is Pete Chilvers, who's going to talk to me about Colossus. Colossus is the first electronic, programmable, digital computer. It's got circuits that can break the Lorentz cipher. The machine itself is pretty large, it justifies the name of Colossus. It's taking up 6 metres by 3 metres of floor space, and it's a couple of metres tall. And we're back in the present, flying down these pathways of a CPU, zigzagging through circuits that allow us to push pixels so that we can watch YouTube cat videos. But now, it's time to go. Hope you enjoyed the taster. Bye! Okay, you heard that, so what did you think? As you've probably heard, though I'll just expand on this. Voyage, colon, Incredible Places Revealed, was my 2015 pilot slash pitch slash promo for an NPR show that never got made. And when I say NPR, I'm not entirely sure if it was NPR, but there was some kind of competition to do with a NPR or NPR-ish or non-profit radio station ...in the US that were looking for ideas for new shows, and that was my submission. It was meant as a kind of funny, comedic, irreverent version of Carl Sagan's Cosmos... ...in which I had the ability, via this super-duper ship, to visit the interior of a sun... Also, I could shrink down and fly down the pathways of a silicon microchip. I could also travel backwards, forwards, or sideways in time and space. I could also dive to the deepest depths of the oceans, fly to extrasolar planets. All the amazing places we would all like to go as geeks, but could probably not do outside of our imagination. Wait a minute, wasn't Carl Sagan's ship called The Imagination? Hmm. Not important. I was going to do all that in this special ship that I've just mentioned, no doubt using my Vimana shaped like a wardrobe. Vimana? Okay, I've mentioned this a few times jokingly. If you don't already know what I'm talking about, A Vimana is a flying castle sort of thing, like a monstrously huge UFO or an upside-down enormous Cornetto. A kind of flying fortress slash palace from Hindu mythology that I like pretending is something I own. The only difference between mine And the ones that you might see on Wikipedia is mine is disguised as a wardrobe. (laughs) Because as well as basing my imaginary ship on Hindu mythology, it's also something that I conceived in my imagination that has its roots in the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, the TARDIS, that magic shop in Mr. Ben, And an actual battered MFI wardrobe that I turned into a secret door to my bed when I was a teenager. Yes, you had to walk through the wardrobe to get into bed. (laughs) Geeks. Finally, also, when I got into podcasting, I was planning to build a mini studio within a wardrobe, which is something that people actually do google it oh i can't remember i think there might be an african studio that began in some kind of cupboard yeah it was a small radio station let's move on to the final topic this week that is the tone of this show which is probably my fault we, in the modern age, live in a global society where the news cycle is a 24-hour medusa there petrifying our souls. I don't think that that's the journalist's fault. Well, I wouldn't do, would I? Because I was a journalist. I think it's simply a result of the speed at which we get the news, which is lightning speed, because that is how our interlinked world is today. There's also the fact that some of the major news outlets buy from the same major news agencies. So it seems like all the news is the same, and that news is generally bad. Though that isn't necessarily because... ...of our modern world with its fibre networks and internet... ...that has actually been always the case. Big news organisations don't always do their own work. They'll buy from a news agency. Anyway, with July the 19th coming up... ...and the end of mask wearing and social distancing... ...and what I predict will be a total disaster... The situation is not improving. Here's the thing. I personally can't deal with so much bad news about stupid people doing stupid things most of the time. I don't really know what I can do to change that either, if anything, other than complaining about it on my podcast. Unfortunately, when I do that... This podcast can get a bit dark and miserable, and for most of the time that I've been doing this podcast, I've wanted it to be a sanctuary from all that nonsense that we see in the world outside. I have said this before, many, many times, and so far have either backslid into misery or just failed because I also never want to feel that this pod is blissfully unaware of anything outside it either. I'm saying that there's a balance, and I'm working on reaching a happy medium. Perhaps I should shorten the rants, as Bing Crosby sings, accentuate the positive. It's either that, or have a stroke or a heart attack which is something a friend once told me would happen if I don't relax, chillax. Do people still say chillax? There is a way that I can manage this because I write my own show notes and the show notes are quite extensive, so I can practice a bit of self-sub-editing before this goes out to make sure that the balance is right and will entertain new people. This is episode 393. Did I mention that at the top of the show? Probably not. This is all going to hell. The point being, it's not that far off until we get to pod 400, which feels like a landmark, because that is a hell of a lot of podcasts. That 400th pod is the episode that I'm hoping will mark the beginning of some changes, where I make sure that I don't go too dark. I'm not sure that I did. Did I? Did I do that tonight? Uh, I don't know. What I do know is that it's coming up to 40 minutes since I've been talking to you, And it's probably time to wrap things up by now. So to recap, it does seem like I'm doing a lot of pods this week, but I'm not. I'm just later than usual. What a surprise. Vrillon, if you're out there, get in touch. Not everyone's phone is fast, so stop getting annoyed at people with not as much money as you. Please, audience, tell me what I should do with my big alarm project box. Again... Do not do self-dentistry at home. Make women's pockets bigger. Boris Johnson is a ginormous turnip head. Getting the right prescription for your glasses is a good idea. And please let me know what you thought of my demo reel for the show that never happened. Voyage, colon, Incredible Places Revealed. Also, tell me what I can do to make this pod a little more cheerful. We were a little short of science fiction, fantasy and horror this week. I expect that to change very, very shortly. And that is it. This show is produced, presented and edited by me, Roy Mathur. A writer, Mathur, is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMathur.com. roymathu dot com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen to it on. Recommend it to a friend or a mortal enemy. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. You were listening to... Oh, God help me. Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Stop Laughing, Crash, the UK podcast for the Culture Geek, Technology Nerd and Creative Wizard. This was episode 393, recorded on Tuesday the 6th of July 2021, and the time at the end of the show is 23.33.50. Thanks for listening, and bye bye for now. Bye! When I put together the demo reel that you heard earlier in 2015, there were extra pieces of audio, jingles, stings, and stuff like that, that did not make the cut, because I only had two minutes to record this segment of audio. So, for a little end-of-episode bonus, here's stuff that I didn't use. Enjoy. Incredible Prices, Reveal. Last call for passengers boarding TWS Infinity Pigeon. Please make your way to the boarding gate. Thank you. Please fasten your seatbelts. Place your seats in an upright position. TWS Infinity Pigeon is preparing to land. We hope you enjoyed your flight and choose to fly with us again. Thank you.